Okay, ladies and gents, boys and girls, what is going on? Happy Wednesday, hump day, the final day of August, August the 31st, 2022. Appreciate you all tuning in. Hope you guys are having a fantastic start to your day. Hope you're having a great week as well. I'm really excited to chat with you all. We have got a ton to get into. It is a very, very, very busy Wednesday here on the home front. I see Connor Lee, Travi, Brennan M., Gad, Todd Smith, uh, John Edward, Connor McCormish, Babes and Waves, Joey Guyton, Stephanie Lee, David Witt. What's going on, guys? Also in the Big Cock Club Discord over the TDC Questions channel, the TDC Questions channel, to be sure that your questions are answered there. Um, guys, going to go ahead, and we've got Anthony Treesh of Pro Football Focus joining us here in the next couple of minutes. He will be our Wednesday guest. Very excited to talk to Anthony, especially guys, again, this time next week and throughout the season, because I feel like he's going to be able to give us a really cool perspective in regards to the statistics and the numbers side of things. So if you're somebody, you like to crunch numbers, you're going to love this show because that is certainly what Anthony will be doing for us. Uh, Austin Greisman, we'll go ahead and take a couple of questions, and then we're going to have Anthony on, like I said, about two minutes. The NIL deal, massive, huge, huge. I mean, you, you can't say it enough, man. It is such a big deal. It's such a great thing. For the University of South Carolina, um, really excited for it, man. Again, I, I think it's a game changer for USC, no doubt. I think it's a game changer and, uh, you know, something really big, man. So, uh, you know, it, it is it is awesome to see the Gamecocks be sort of a trendsetter in something like that. It's really, really cool, and it, it's only going to help the Gamecocks moving forward. I mean, obviously, guys, NIL is here. NIL is – you know, it's not going away anytime soon, right? It's really just getting started. So for NIL to be, uh, to be us to be out in front of that is a really, really cool thing. Um, again, guys, thank y'all so much for tuning in. Zach Attack just says, hammer the cocks. I hear you. Brendan M says, happy fourth annual hashtag fire will must champ day. <laughs> um, yeah, in case you guys missed it, three years ago to the date, I dropped the hashtag Fire Will Must Chant video, and truly, guys, the rest is history. Truly, the rest is history. Um, again, thank you all so much for tuning in. We are taking your questions, comments, calls. Of course, guys, podcast did drop this morning, and it was a busy, busy show today. I taught the depth chart. We taught Shane Beamer's press conference yesterday. Uh, we concluded the position unit preview series, talking about the Gamecocks defensive backs. We also touched on... Best bet for South Carolina, Georgia State, which, again, will take place. We'll do that every single Wednesday, a game week, of course, as you probably already know. And we talked SEC gambling picks, which SEC gambling picks look a little different this year because I'm talking specifically spreads on those because I'm going off of our runyourpool.com pool. So you guys will know my picks going into the weekend. So maybe that's an unfair advantage. But really, that's for you guys to compete. Uh, place your bets, place your picks, if you will. And again, join the runyourpool.com pool today because whoever wins that gets a free custom South Carolina jersey. Whatever name number you want, you get it. So um, that is the show today, the podcast. Also, Corey Peoples, former Gamecocks defensive back and current Georgia State secondary coach. Uh, he joins me. So really, really cool to get the Georgia State perspective um, you know, I'll go ahead and say this, guys, and I don't think Corey would take this as an insult. It is what it is. It's 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 a lot of coach speak. It's a lot of, you know, we're just going to play hard. We got a great group of, group of guys who love the game, and they're going to play tough, and they're going to be physical, and yada, yada. 
But still a really, really cool show, a really cool interview, and really appreciate Corey people taking the time. Brett Russ says, I'm kind of new here, so when you speak of the podcast, yeah, the Spurs Up show, Brett, is the podcast. The Daily Crow is its own separate thing. Obviously, this live show, Monday through Friday, noon to 2. The podcast itself is the Spurs Up show. If you look that up on iTunes, Spotify, whatever, it's just the Spurs Up show, and that drop mon- drops Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 5 a.m., and yes, believe it or not, it is a different thing. All right, we got him waiting. Uh, let's go ahead and get him on. Anthony Treesh of Pro Football Focus joins us. He will be with us every single Wednesday. Anthony, it's been a while, man. How have you been? And I'll say this, thank you so much for doing this, and I'm looking forward to a really, really fun season talking football with you, my friend. Yeah, no problem. Things have been going well, just ready for the season. It's a little bit disappointing, though, because – I have a wedding on Saturday to go to. Oh, very, no. Yeah. No. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. Yeah. You bet I'm going to be streaming every single game, though, all the way oh, through the ceremony. There's no doubt about it. But I'm excited. I can't complain here. We got college football back and a lot of excitement. That's for sure. Yeah, Anthony, you know what's funny? My sister is actually getting married the Saturday of the South Carolina-Kentucky game. And so I will be – I'm praying for a noon kickoff because the wedding is at 5 o'clock. So, you know, whether it's at noon or at night, I'll be able to watch. But obviously, if it's at night, I'm going to be that guy at the reception that's, like, streaming it on the phone and watching. And Like, I don't want to be that guy. You know what I mean? Like, nobody wants to be that guy. But it's like, I mean, you chose this. You know? (laughs) You know what we do. Um, Either way, it's all good. Yeah, it's all good. Um, Anthony, again, man, I'm so excited to chat with you each and every single week because I feel like, you know, we talk to a lot of different personalities, a lot of different people in regards to their thoughts on the game and Gamecock football, but I feel like you bring a different perspective and a different side due to the numbers, right, and the graders and the way you guys see things at Pro Football Focus. Let's first first start with talking about Spencer Rattler. I know we talked about this before when you came on the show a couple months ago. But uh, going into this season, obviously, you are, you know, it's, it's been a mixed bag for Rattler, right, this preseason. It's continued since you and I have chatted. There's some that, you know, think he's overrated, and they look at last year at Oklahoma, he got benched. Then we saw at SEC Media Days, Anthony, I mean, we saw, you know, people saying he's the second best quarterback in the league, and, and he's this, he's going to change Carolina football. You are someone that is very high on Spencer Rattler. I think you had him ranked second nationally among quarterbacks. Just talk about your thoughts on Spencer Rattler, What's what the grades say about him coming in this season, and how you project his 2022 season. Yeah, man, I thought I was the highest on Rattler, and then I saw SEC Media Days, and I was like, man, these guys are going out there. Um, but no, I, I definitely still have full belief in Spencer Rattler. I think he's quite easily the most underrated player in general in college football heading into the season, and I think it's just one of those – I mean, it's just kind of the way things are. Sometimes people like to pile on one person – and, you know, I, I think just kind of the, yeah, I, I don't want to say just like the rumors about the personality stuff, the Netflix documentary, I think all of that played into it more so than just the on-field product. Because if you go back and watch every single throw the last two years, you cannot tell me that that's not one of the best quarterbacks in college football. And the data shows that too. I mean, he's actually PFF's highest graded passer since the 2020 season in our database. And, you know, you can look at a variety of metrics. I mean, last year, his negatively graded throw rate People wouldn't expect it, but it was one of the lowest in college football. The big thing was last year, we just really didn't see those, you know, special big time throws that we saw the year before in 2020. Um, But I think that kind of has to do, and it's an interesting dynamic that I hope we get an answer to someday, because I'm very curious to see how this kind of played out, because you could see a clear difference in play calling 
with Lincoln Riley than the year before. And it kind of told me that he just didn't really trust Spencer. He wanted him to be a little bit more, you know, quicker and decisive with the decisions, a little bit more careful with the football, not just trying to be Superman and make the hero throw every single play. And that's like a common issue you see with a lot of these young quarterbacks. But I think Lincoln just kind of got caught up with it. And, you know, Coach Riley just kind of took those out of the playbook. And that's where we just really didn't see those as much. But, you, again, you go back to 2020, and the guy was one of the highest big-time throw rates in college football, you know, much higher than some of the other top passers, like even much higher than what C.J. Stroud was at last year. So, I mean, he's definitely still, I think, one of the best quarterbacks in college football. You can't deny the talent. And I think the way, you know, he's not a polished product. You know, we'll see how much he develops this past you know, this coming season. But, you know, I still think he's much further along than a lot of people think he is. So, you know, I'm I'm excited to see what he can do. I think, you know, playing in this offense will, you know, be very good for him. And he's got a lot of weapons to really tap into at his disposal. I mean, it's I think it's on par of what he's had over the last couple of years. I mean, people forget, you know, Oklahoma didn't win the Big 12 title in 2020 because everybody else was great. Spencer Rattler stunk. I mean, he was – again an elite quarterback that year that's why they got him to that point so you know I definitely think that he's going to prove you know some people wrong this year right and I think he's going to have a pretty good year for South Carolina yeah Anthony to your point you know you mentioned the Superman comment Lincoln Riley and that's what stood out because I'm not sure you know how much you're able to keep up with Shane Beamer his comments obviously on a daily basis but he made the point in his Tuesday press conference yesterday that we're not asking Spencer Rattler to be Superman, right? Like, like I, I think Beamer has done a really good job, and I, I'd love to get your take on this because I know you're somebody, you're high on Shane Beamer, and and most folks are because he's just one of those guys that he's infectious, and it's hard not to pull for a guy like that. But I think he's done a really good job of handling Spencer Rattler in regards to not putting all of the pressure on him because obviously, hey, Spencer Rattler's got a lot to prove to himself, to the NFL, to national folks like yourself. So I think Beamer has done a really good job. Hey, let's not put any more pressure on this dude than he's already got. And I think you've seen a night and day difference in regards to what the pressure was like when he was at Oklahoma versus what he's feeling now going into this season. For sure. And I think, like you said, I'm very high on Shane Beamer. I think what he's doing at South Carolina. It's talked about a lot, but I don't think it's talked about enough because you can see it across the board, especially on the recruiting front. I mean, you can definitely see – you know, a massive, massive payoff so far with what he's done there. And I think there's even more to come in that regard. But, you know, with Spencer Rattler, I did see that comment. And it was, it, I mean, that's everything I've said about Spencer over the last couple of years. I mean, he does have that, you know, sometimes he's a little bit too willing to play outside the structure of the offense, right? He'll abandon clean pockets and bite pressure in. But you look at what he can do outside the pocket on the run. I mean, that's some of his best football. But you don't really want to live and die by that play style because you'll get some volatile outputs every once in a while. Um, and so I think that that's a very key thing. And I'm happy to hear that, you know, he even publicly admitted like that's kind of the, the area for Spencer to kind of grow in because there, there's no doubt that was kind of the, I don't want to say it was a, an issue that was so damaging to, you know, the Oklahoma offense as a whole. I mean, again, you could, he could have been starting at 127 other FBS programs last year, and he's a starter from start to end. We're talking about a completely different situation. Maybe he's in the NFL at this point. Who knows? But, you know, that that's definitely the big thing that they need to reel in there. But, again, with this offense, I think it will definitely help that. I think you'll get a little bit more of a, a friendlier approach, you know, a little bit more distinctive and, you know, going to that track down there. I, I think that's going to be key for him this year. So, you know, I think kind of taking the pressure off him is pretty significant. And, you know, even Spencer admitted, like, you know, entering last year, 
that he had it was a little bit too much for him. And I thought that was kind of, you know, you see the humanization aspect of it. And I think that's a good thing for him to admit, you know, just flat out say like, yeah, there was a lot on my plate last year. You know, the Heisman favorite and a favorite to be the number one overall pick. At the same time, you got many people calling you the villain. They don't like you for, for some reason, you know people saying that you're a bad person, you know, it doesn't make anyone feel good. It doesn't matter who you are. So, you know, I, I think that's definitely a key thing there. And I think the path that he's kind of taken with developing Spencer has been pretty key there. And, you know, even some of the comments that we've seen Spencer make, I mean, that's, that's been, that was kind of the draw from the get go as to why he went to South Carolina. It wasn't really on his radar, but Shane Beamer is an infectious person and he knows how to, you know, develop players, um, and also develop them off the field too. So, you know, definitely all reasons to be, you know, bullish on the Beamer era of South Carolina football. You know, it's funny, Anthony, you mentioned the human element. And I think sometimes, you know, we look at numbers and we project things and we talk about the game. And sometimes we do have a tendency to forget that these are human beings. <laughs> things affect them just like they affect us. Right. But it's, uh, Anyways, I guess it's just the nature of the beast. Uh, I, I'm not going to pretend like Anthony. I understand all the all the numbers and the way you guys come up with your grades on a weekend week out basis, but they are very fun to look at. So, talking this Gamecocks offense first, you talk about playmakers like Jaheim Bell, Josh Van, Austin Stogner, Antoine Wells, who was added through the portal, Marshawn Lloyd at running back. Who are some guys that you're most excited for in the Gamecocks offense? And think think guys that you know, you, you could see grading highly on a week-in, week-out basis. I mean, the name that obviously jumps out to me, and I'm sure to you, is Jaheim Bell, because I just think the various ways they're going to use him. You know, I saw somebody go on record and say they're predicting that Jaheim Bell will have a 100-yard rushing game this season. And Shane Beamer has gone on record and said if he was purely a running back, he'd be the best running back on the roster, which I was a little scared hearing that, but I think it's more of a testament to just his athleticism and just how versatile he is. Uh, who are the guys that stand out to you and you think that Gamecock fans will be seeing on a week-in, week-out basis grading highly for pro football focus? I mean, there's several we could bring up, but definitely Jaheim Bell. He's that top guy, right? And, you know, exactly like you said, just the versatility and the ways you can kind of just get on the ball, just get the ball in his hands and let him go to work. That's the kind of player Jaheim Bell is. And, yeah, I think that's going to be the interesting dynamic with this entire offense. I think he could be one of the more valuable players on this team. You know, taking, you know, Spencer out of the equation, he might be the most valuable player because I, I think what he can do really create some big mismatches there and stress defenses, right? And you look at him along with everyone else around him, it's going to make for a very exciting offense there. You know, I still go back to Jaheim Bell, that bowl game. I mean, it was the most productive game that I, it's hard to pull all these games in the PFF database because there's so many. Uh, but it's definitely one of the most productive games that we've ever seen. Um, and I, I think we can kind of see a highly productive player there with Jaheim Bell. And I think, you know, just some of the eye candy that they can throw in there with him, it's going to, you know, kind of stress some defenses there. So I definitely think he's going to be at the top of that list. I'm excited to see Juice Wells. Um, you know, we've been getting more and more FCS data over the last few years. And, you know, Juice Wells and James Madison, that was one of the best players, regardless of position at the FCS level. I think he was the fifth most valuable player actually uh, since 2020 at the FCS level, regardless of position, um, which is pretty hard to do when you're not a quarterback. Um, so I do think that we're going to see, I, I don't know. I'm curious to see what kind of level of play he will be at, but I'm pretty confident that he's going to be a highly productive player for this team. And Austin Stogner, I think he's a, a player that could have a big bounce back here. 
Um, of course, he was one of the best tight ends in the PFF database back in 2020. Um, more of your, your all-around guy. But then he had that staph infection, lost a bunch of weight, like 30 pounds or something like that, closed out that year. Just wasn't really the same when he was on the field since. But, you know, kind of getting back up to speed, back to full health, he can definitely get there. I think also a dark horse, too, whenever he gets, you know, fully healthy and fully acclimated, Corey Rucker, the Arkansas State transfer, I think he's a guy that could be a good downfield weapon um, for Rattler there. So there's definitely, I think it's definitely a very, you know, it's a cohesive group, right? They all complement each other very well, do their their own things well. Um, so I, I think if you can keep that core healthy, I mean, those those are the names that are really sticking out to me. Now, Anthony, moving to the defensive side, um, you know, we could talk the edge guys, Birch, Strawn, I think we'll both have pretty big gears at the linebacker position. I think Brad Johnson, most likely, he is the returning leading tackler. I think he'll probably be in that position team uh, in tackles. But really, when you talk about this Gamecock defense, I mean, it just it starts with Cam Smith, preseason All-American. I know he grades as one of the highest graded uh, defensive backs in the country for you guys. Just talk about his game a little bit. Obviously, this is somebody, again, you're really high on, and you see being one of the top draft picks, or at least I think probably a first-rounder, one of the top DBs at minimum taken in this year's draft. But somebody that, again, I think when you're looking at you guys model the pro football-focused grades, I think he's going to be somebody I would imagine week in, week out is going to be near the top. Exactly. I mean, like you said, one of the highest graded cornerbacks last year. And it's it's been awesome to kind of see like his rise because nobody knew who Cam Smith was even like last year. Right. Even in the season, nobody knew who he was. And then all of a sudden, March, April starts to roll around. You get those way too early 2023 mocks. And now everybody's calling him the best corner. And we had him there um, in our you know early top 10 returning cornerback rankings back in. I think it was like January around the national title game. We had him in the top three. Um, alongside Eli Ricks and Clark Phillips. Um, he's definitely one of the best guys. And, you know, his game, he reminds me just like the the alpha mentality that he plays with is very reminiscent of J.C. Horn, right? You could just see just the, the physicality that they play with. I mean, that's how he wins. And it, it goes a really a long way there. And I think that's what makes him such a valuable player. Um, and you also throw Darius Rush there opposite. I mean, I think that's a very slept-on cornerback duo in college football. And I think that's going to be kind of the – you know, the backbone of this South Carolina defense. And really, that, that's the position you want to be, you know, very, you know, good at and highly successful at. So I think when you have that there, and then you also pair, you look at the defensive front, it's a little bit less proven, but there's a bunch of potential there, right? I mean, I think nobody's going to deny that you could, you know, reasonably say, you know, two or three of those guys could break out and be very, very good, productive players in the SEC. Nobody would, you know, bat an eye. There's definitely potential up front. And if they can get to that level, um, you know, kind of closer to their ceiling that people have been expecting to see over the last couple of years, this could be a much better group than a lot of people expect. But it all starts at the cornerback position, especially with Cam Smith there. I mean, he brings the alpha mentality week in and week out. Um, very good ball production. I mean, he's going to bring that this year for the Gamecocks. Now, Anthony, one of the reasons I'm so excited to chat with you on a week-in, week-out basis is because we get a look at the Gamecocks' opponent every single week. And, of course, Georgia State first up on the slate, uh, the season opener for the 2022 season. Sean Elliott returns to Williams-Brice Stadium. Uh, tons of great storylines in this one. Jordan Strawn again taking on his old team. Jamias Williams at running back for State taking on the Gamecocks, coming back, obviously formerly played defensive back in Columbia. But uh, just talk about first offensively, and I think that's really going to be the bread and butter for GSU. What you see from them, they've got a two-headed monster in the backfield. 
Terrence Gregg, Jamias Williams, both preseason Dope Walker Award watch list guys in the preseason. Both both basically ran for 1,000 yards last year. Their transfer quarterback in from Furman. But it really does sound like, obviously, again, we know Sean Elliott was the offensive line coach here. He's going to bring a physical nature, physical mindset. And this is a Georgia State team that has played SEC teams really tough and beaten SEC teams at their place. You look at Auburn last year, who they probably should have won that game beat Tennessee and Knoxville a couple years ago. So Georgia State will not be intimidated by the environment. But again, Anthony, back to the offensive side. Um, that two-headed monster at running back, what do you see from those guys specifically? And uh, again, I'm not sure if you guys do the grades for teams like Georgia State because I guess they're not a power five. But uh, I know that's somebody, a team you guys keep an eye on because again, there's one, they're one of those pesky giving SEC teams like South kind of trouble on a yearly basis. Yeah, we definitely got all kinds of data on them. We got FCS, we got you know, division three, we got USFL, CFL, we got it all. So we definitely got Georgia state in there. And, you know, this team, very run centric team, right? They want to run the ball like 60% of the time. It's one of the highest rates in college football. It's a, it's the thing that you can, it, you can, it's a boomer bust style, right? Because if you don't get out to that lead early, like Auburn, for example, they got out to that lead early. Like you said, they probably should have won that game. Right. I mean, they, I think they had like what, 24 something at half there. Um, and then blanked in the second half, but, you know, if they can get out to that early lead and then they can kind of, you know, play their offense the way they like to. So it's running the ball. And then in the passing game, it's almost solely they want to bring you up. You know, they want to bring the defense in to stop the run. And when they bring those guys up to the line of scrimmage, OK, they're going to pull out the play action thick and they're going to go long with the ball and they're going to try and get some explosive pass plays out of you and try to catch you off guard. So they like to keep the defense on their toes. But, you know, if you don't get out to that early lead and you're down, you can't win with that style, right? Next thing you know, you have to win with the pure dropback passing game. And that this offense just, quite frankly, can't do it, right? With that offensive line in the quarterback position, you know, when you lose that kind of the, the friendly nature of the offense that's kind of helped out by the play calling and just the supporting cast, you know, that's when you can kind of get down and look at the North um, Carolina game, for example, early last year. That's what kind of killed him in the end. So I, I think – it's very important for South Carolina to kind of get out there up front. And I think at that point, there's no worry there just because, like I said, it's a run-centric offense. The passing game, it's almost all play action. That's about a 60% of the time. And if you load the box, that's where they're going to kill you there. And like I said, they're not going to be able to do that if they, they have to win with the arm, if they get down to a little bit of a couple-score lead. It's going to be tough for them to overcome there. So it's definitely an offense that's – very heavily supported by the coaching staff and the play calling. They definitely have talent, talent there, like you mentioned, um, you know, Greg being the main one at running back. But again, I, I really do think that, you know, that that's just going to be the key there. And I don't really foresee them getting out to a big lead here. <laughs> and again, you look at even too, you throw in, you if, if you're trying to win in the true, true drop back passing game, you need your receivers to beat the corners. And that's just, you look at South Carolina's corners, like we've talked about, they don't have the horses on offense at receiver to really go toe-to-toe with them. I mean, Cam Smith, the next thing you know, he's going to have five pass breakups, maybe an interception in there. So it's going to be a tough matchup for this Georgia State offense, in my opinion. Um, you know, I, I think the defense is probably a little bit better equipped than the offense at this point. Um, just from our power ranking perspective, the defense is much higher there. And, and again, it goes a lot back to just the way they kind of play the game. It's just very hard to – win with that on a week-to-week basis and that's where you kind of get the boomer bust results last year's team kind of i would say exceeded expectations but our simulation our models are kind of saying that they're probably going to take a step back towards expectation which is kind of the middle of the pack team there definitely a mid-tier team in the sun belt so um i think it's going to be really really tough for them 
Yeah, Anthony, I think what's so intriguing about this game is, you know, last year, South Carolina's deficiency or weakness, if you will, was line of scrimmage really on both sides. They struggled to run the football consistently, and they struggled to stop the run. You're going to get a test. You're going to get a challenge in this first game, again, especially when you factor in that Sean Elliott's the head coach and the physicality he preaches, and they're going to want to punch the Gamecocks in the mouth. But this should be a game, you know, looking at the Georgia State defense, for example, this should be a game that South Carolina should be able to – I think establish, I say dominance, but establish themselves up front, win that battle at the line of scrimmage and get a push. And uh, really, I think score a lot of points in this one because I, I look at this game and I'll lock in my prediction for the game specifically on Friday. But I said this over the summer and I, my mind really hasn't changed. You know, I, I think Georgia State is going to give South Carolina a really good game early, especially. But I just don't know how Georgia State is going to keep up with all those athletes the Gamecocks have offensively. And again, then, you factor in the line of scrimmage. While this O-line wasn't good a season ago, 129 returning starts, seven guys who have started six or more games for you in a season, the entire two deep is back, and you're going to have the size advantage purely when you just look at that Georgia State front. Um, and again, so I, I'd love to get your thoughts. I do feel like the Gamecocks should be able to have some, some pretty significant success on Saturday night offensively. Oh, for sure. And like you said, you said athleticism and size, and you look at power five versus group of five, that's that's why the group power five almost always wins, right? And you, you'll have some exceptions to that. Um, but, you know, in the, this case with South Carolina versus Georgia State, I mean, that's just really the whole story there. It's going to be tough for them to keep it up. You know, I, I really do think South Carolina is going to have a high power explosive offense this year, um, just given all the dynamic weapons that they do have. And you mentioned the offensive line. If I had to pick in it, like a concern I have, it is the offensive line. But you have to feel confident that the group is going to be better just given the experience, right? Just because, you know, most of the time, it's you don't, if you throw first time starters in there right away, it doesn't matter if you're a five star or whatever, you're going to struggle. It's just, it's right. about experience, it's about getting reps. And by the time you close out your collegiate career, you're kind of at least performing at a sustainable level, right? Yeah, any level of football, as long as you're not a liability up front. It's going to be fine. And I think that they should have the growth there to get out of that kind of liability range, which I, I think is fair to say that's where they were at previously. So I do think that it it will be very difficult for Georgia State to keep up. And like I said, if Georgia State gets down, you know, seven, ten points, they're not going to be able to play the game that they want to play. And they're going to get uncomfortable. Right. And so you're going to have to put a lot of they're going to put a lot of stress on the quarterback. And they just don't have the quarterback to really keep up there. Right. I'm going to take Spencer Rattler. 10 times out of 10 there. I think this is going to be, you know, a game where South Carolina can put up like a, a lot of points. I agree with you there. Anthony, this has been incredible, man. Last thing before I get you out of here, of course, since you and I last spoke, a lot of predictions have come out for the season. Um, we've seen everywhere from seven and five, eight and four. I've gone on record an eight and four prediction. I won't ask you to necessarily lock in a prediction, but uh, for the folks who did not hear our first conversation, maybe this is their first time hearing of you. And again, Jesse Jacobs asks, who is this? Anthony Treesh of Pro Football Focus, of course. That's who he is. Your just thoughts overall on year two of the Shane Beamer era. Again, do you do you agree with the projections of, you know, around seven and five, eight and four for this football team? Again, some have projected more, some have projected less. But where do you kind of fall and how do you see this Gamecocks football team you know, where do you see them falling in regards to a really tough and competitive SEC East and the SEC as a whole? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'll throw out a record prediction right there with you. I, <laughs> I like eight and four. I mean, I, I, I think this is going to be an eight and four team. You know, I think they're going to win some games that a lot of people don't think they will. Um, you know, you look at the SEC East, obviously, it's one of the toughest divisions, if not the toughest division in the entire country. 
Um, but again, I think that they have just the underrated pieces on offense to get there. I, I look at a team like Kentucky, and I think it's an interesting case study because I, I do think that Will Levis is like – I think Spencer Rattler should be viewed much higher than Will Levis, and it's inter- interesting to kind of see that I consider Will Levis kind of like a, a junior version of Spencer Rattler. You know, they're very similar in what they have to offer from an arm talent perspective, um, just ultra quick release you know, good enough athlete, um, you know, can do some stuff on the run. But, you know, again, I think Spencer Rattler is just a little bit more, he has a better understanding of the game. He knows how to, you know, take advantage of the arm talent that the that he does have. So I think that's kind of the deciding factor there. And I personally think South Carolina is a better team than Kentucky. And I think if you look at Tennessee, I think it's a very good system that they have there with Heupel, Coach Heupel. You know, it's a very up-tempo approach. You know, they like to spread you out sideline to sideline. It's very friendly for the quarterback. There's not a friendlier offense in college football to the quarterback than what Tennessee has to offer. And again, you go back to the quarterback, and if you need a play, it's Hinton Hooker, I think, is a good manager of that offense, but he can only do so much, right? You know, you can only live off of that system so much, and it can burn you from time to time, especially when you're down there. So I do think that we're going to see some interesting matchups there with South Carolina. Um, like I said, you know, maybe they drop a game that they shouldn't, but I think that they're going to win multiple that a lot of expect from. Them. So, you know, I, I think they should be viewed, you know, right there, the the second tier of the SEC. So obviously, Georgia's up there up top. And who knows? Maybe maybe they can give Georgia a good game. Right. I don't think I'm not going to go out there and say that they're going to beat the Bulldogs. But, you know, again, it goes back to the quarterback position and the biggest thing in college football, because it doesn't get talked about enough, the quality of quarterback play in college football even in the sec it's it's not great right so you just need someone that can go out there and make a play and there's not many of them out there but i do think south carolina has that guy and when you have that guy you're gonna win some you know big games that again you know that that a lot of quarterbacks can't so i think that's where i kind of go back there with that prediction of eight and four and you know i wouldn't be surprised if it's seven and five and honestly if you said it was one more than that nine and three i wouldn't be too surprised either like i said i think this is a very slept on very underrated group anthony trees pro football focus again anthony thank you so much for taking the time i'm truly looking forward to doing this each and every single wednesday and especially this time next week and going throughout the season we've actually got some on-field ball to talk about my friend talking season has mercifully come to an end. Um, thank you so much, man, again, taking the time. Have fun at the wedding, by the way, this weekend. Hopefully you still get to uh, catch some ball. A lot of great games this weekend, of course. But, uh, nah, man, thank you so much for doing this, and we'll talk to you next this time next week. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm going to be pulling phones. I might have to borrow my fiance's phone and just do <laughs> multiple games right there. But, yeah, I will. Appreciate you having me on. Looking forward to talking some actual football, uh, real games next week. Absolutely, man. Take care, Anthony. We'll talk next week. You too. All right, man. Great stuff. That was Anthony Treesh of Pro Football Focus. Um, you can follow him on social media at PFF underscore Anthony. And, of course, at PFF underscore college, where you can see most, if not all, of his work. He is a lead college football analyst for Pro Football Focus. And, again, we appreciate him taking the time to chat um again guys we are taking your questions your comments your calls we will go for about another i don't know 15 minutes or so until we jump into our first break so again thank y'all so much for tuning in man packed wednesday today podcast so yeah for those who do not know i'm sure there's a lot of new uh new folks tuning in to tdc so this the daily crow that you were tuned into right 
Here's the Spurs Up show. That's that's the business, if you will, right? So when I talk about the podcast and the Daily Crow, yes, they are two separate things. Now, the Daily Crow, this show you were listening to, it does drop in podcast form. So if you go to iTunes, you go to Spotify, wherever, if you're just hearing bits and pieces of this live show or you just want to go back and listen or listen to one of our interviews, what have you, you can listen to this show in podcast form. Just search The Daily Crow on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Now, the podcast for the Spurs Up show, which, yes, is a different thing because The Daily Crow, the structure, this is a call-in comment. We take your questions, all that good stuff. The podcast, I don't want to say it's a buttoned-up type deal. Calling anything we do buttoned-up just feels wrong. But uh, it's a little bit more of an organized, structured type of show. And again, that podcast drops Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 5 a.m., right? Three podcasts per week. And if you want to check that out, the Spurs Up show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast, just look up the Spurs Up show. So yes, they are two different things. The Daily Crow is our daily live show, noon to two, Monday through Friday. The Spurs Up show is the podcast itself. So just wanted to throw that out there. Those who may not understand that or were kind of confused. It's crazy how often or how many times I've been getting that question from people. But, uh, you know, I, I take it as honestly a compliment. Most people think this is the podcast. But, you know, there, there's just the reason I don't do that because a lot of folks are just like, why don't you just, you know, why, why don't you just, uh, um, you know, just make this the podcast? I'm like, well, you know, there are certain topics that I want to discuss in the podcast and ways that I want to po- uh, structure them and talk about them that they really just don't fit this live show model because, again, I, you know, it, this this is – it's random, right? This is very random. And the point is to take your questions, your comments, your calls. It's not for me to ramble. So you guys call in. Phone lines are open. 843-790-3377. Let's jump into your questions. Ken says, can anything happen in the Georgia State game to change your prediction for the Arkansas game? Ken's absolutely. Listen, listen. My my preseason predictions are just that. They're preseason predictions. Those predictions are subject to change. Heck, I don't even know if I'm going to give the same score prediction for the Georgia State game that I gave over the summer, right? Things change. Things evolve. Hey, if Arkansas loses to Cincinnati week one and we beat Georgia State by 50, I'm not saying I might not pick the Gamecocks to beat Arkansas. Listen, when I give predictions like that, especially over the summer, um, I always make it a point to tell you guys, I can change my mind. That's a beautiful thing. We can all change our minds, right? We can all change our minds. So, um, Ken's, listen, I, you know, things can happen. My prediction certainly can change. I mean, I, you know, I think it's a toss-up game. I really do. Um, you know, I, I only picked Carolina to lose by a touchdown, right? So, um, DD Short, over, under, 35 touchdowns for Atlanta. I'm, I'm going under. I, that, that, I tell you this, he throws 35 or more touchdowns, guys. We're winning at minimum nine games. Um, I mean, basically, you're asking to throw almost three touchdowns per game. I think that's a little aggressive. I, I think he'll be around around the 30 number, high 20s, low 30s. I'll take the under on 35 touchdowns. Um, here we go. We got a long question. Jeff Beckham says, how's the season going to go? The question I have is, how many games do we win in 2021 with Dodie or Rattler healthy all season at QB1 or at quarterback? Well, we certainly beat Mizzou and Kentucky. That's nine wins there. By the end of the last season, every team knew our offense because we ran 10 plays. Usually not well. That's the real issue. Will our offense be able to move the ball clock and put up points to keep games close in the fourth? Why not? We have the highest-rated quarterback we've ever gotten. Seniors on the line. No reason or excuses. This is our year. Jeff, first thing, listen, I hear you, man, your conversation about how many games. 
I don't want to talk about 2021 anymore. I, I just, you know, I, I don't know. Do we win seven? Do we win eight? Do we win nine? I don't know. I don't even really care at this point because the fact of the matter is we didn't have that. It, it's time to look ahead to 2022 kickoff just three days away. Um, this season, yes, I think the offense will be much better. You upgraded, obviously, massively. Uh, massively at the quarterback position. So, yeah, the offense should be much better. Connor McCormick has flashed the shirt with the Rattler Sig. Yeah, give me one second, Connor. Shout out. Shout out my boy Connor McCormish for providing the newest piece to the stew. Connor, I got to go get a frame today or at some point very, very soon. My boy Connor McCormish went to one of the Spencer Rattler signings, gave this bad boy last night at Kona Alehouse in Harbison the signed, signed Beamer Rattler 22 with the Spencer Rattler SIG, an incredible piece. Connor, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. This is awesome. I cannot wait to get this frame. It'll go up right behind me, by the way. It'll go up on one of these shelves um, in a little shadow box or something like that, whatever. We will get something that will be appropriate to, to hold that. But really, really cool stuff. Connor, thank you so much, man. I mean, this is absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible, dude. Uh, I, I just, you know, Connor obviously went to the event and and uh, was 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 a – kind enough to get that signed and, uh, and, and, and give that as a gift. And Connor, I, again, I just, I can't say thank you enough, man. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. Just the fact that we've been able to, to make merchandise like that. And the fact that we have merch that people wear on a daily basis is really cool. But then having that signature, it, it just almost beyond words. Guys on that note also, I want to say thank you all so much, man. The TSUS tour is officially in the books. Um, obviously last night we were at Carolina Ale House in Harbison, uh, in Columbia, South Carolina, the final stop of the TSUS tour. And again, I, I just want to voice and say thank y'all, man. Thank y'all so much. Um, the tour was such a massive success, and, and it's crazy to think it's already over. Because um, I mean, that what that took seven weeks. Seven weeks we were on that tour. Um, just such a blessing, man. Such an immense blessing. Had an incredible time. All the stops, all the locations, all the people that we met. Thank y'all so much to all the folks who came out to each of the various Carolina Alehouse locations. Um, just just incredible, man. I, I mean, it was so great to meet you guys and interact and talk Gamecocks and, and, uh, and share in, you know, sharing our love for our favorite team. And it, it was incredible. It was incredible. Uh, Melissa Jeffcoat says, Chris, you had a long combo with my husband and nephew last night at the Alehouse. Yes, Melissa, I remember that. Yeah, really, really good people. Tell, tell them I said thank you for coming out. Um, Gibbard H., if we start 6-1, and one, is Rattler getting any Heisman hype? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, we start 6-1. and one, Oh, yeah. Rat, Rattler's getting Heisman height. We start 6-1, and one, my guy. I can guarantee you. Um, Ron Wilson, have you had a chance to discuss the Park Ave deal, how it will affect our recruiting? Uh, Ron, I mean, I, I talked about it a little bit at the start of the show. I mean, I think it's incredible. I think it's incredible. I, I think it's a game changer for us. I love to see the fact that we're out ahead of something, right? We're, we're, we're out ahead of it. We're like a trendsetter in this deal. Um, I, I mean, it's, it's a massive game changer, Ron. It's a massive game changer. Um, I think it's immensely going to help recruiting. And, and I think maybe that's one of the reasons why you see recruiting going so well. Hey, listen, got to keep up with the times. And I love to see us out ahead of it for sure. Uh, Tyler Hux, any gear you'll be selling at the tailgate other than Beamer Wall stuff? We will have the towels and the koozies. That is it. Towels and koozies. And, and guys, one of the reasons, I, I'll just tell you this. I'll just be very frank and upfront and blunt with you guys. The way that my online store works, I have a vendor. They fulfill by order. I don't touch the merchandise. I don't ship the merchandise. My vendor handles it. And that's just the most ideal way. For 
Here we go. To accept, press one. Will, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, how's it going, buddy? Doing well, man. What's going on? I just want to get your honest take. I'm just going to leave it at this one question. What's your honest opinion on Coach Carolina? Coach who? Coastal Carolina. Oh, Coastal Carolina. Um, I think Grayson McCall is a very good quarterback. I think any Coastal fan that thinks that they would beat South Carolina is on drugs. But, I mean, other than that, I mean, I, I think they're a, they're a good football team for what they are. Um, fun story. The mullets are cool. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what's been going on with their fan base of late with the, with the trash talking on – on Twitter, I mean, I, I don't know why Coastal would want to try to pick a fight with with USC. I wish they played. I, I wish they played. <clears throat> I wish they played so South Carolina could drag their drag their ass on, up and down the field all night so we could just finally put it to rest. I, I mean, I, I just I, I don't understand <clears throat> why Coastal. I, I don't know, bro. I, it's it's like the it's like the short man syndrome thing. It's, it's just like. Like, 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 pipe down, little guy. I, I, I don't know. I, so, I like McCall. I like McCall. I think he's a good player. They're a good team for their level, but they would not beat South Carolina. I, I, I feel very confident in saying that. Yeah, I just wanted your honest opinion. I'm a, I'm a big coastal guy. I just wanted to hear what you had to say about that. Do they still have that five nine center? By the way, I. Not really 100% sure, honestly. Okay. He was – I know he was their guy last year. I, I don't know. Listen, I I, yeah. I got no hate for Coastal. I just don't understand why the Coastal fans just had been chirping of late. It's like, well, I didn't even say anything about Coastal to begin with. So, I, I, I don't know, man. I mean, listen, they're a fun team to watch. Again, Grayson McCall, I think, is a really, really good player. Um, I'm sure they'll be good yet again, but I don't know why Coastal wants to try to pick a fight with, with South Carolina when it's like – we didn't say nothing about Coastal, man. Like, and I, I just – I don't know if uh, you, you want all the smoke you're asking for. I don't know. I don't know. So. All right, man. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, man. We'll, thanks. We'll, we'll... Yeah. No, I appreciate the call, my friend. Hey. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Coastal – you know, and I appreciate Coastal fan. How about that? A Coastal Carolina fan calling into the show. How about that? Coastal Carolina fan. Um – Yes, Matt, Bruno, they are scheduled for 2025. We will play them, 2025. <clears throat> um, Travis Lee, did you hear what Juice Wells said about Georgia State? Yeah, he said we're going we're gonna to kill them. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me, I will be running that quote today, my friend. Uh, we will be running that quote today. Love to hear it. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that's one that n- nobody will, you know, nobody will pay attention to. Um, let's see. Tyler Noel, is it bad to say I think this year's team, in my opinion, will be better than next year's, purely based off of what we're going to lose on both sides of the ball? Tyler, I, I don't think that's bad to say at all because I agree with you. I, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say we're going to take a massive step back or, you know, listen, we don't know what the roster is going to look like. Oh, a lot can change. Who who at this point last year would have predicted we'd have, we'd have Spencer Rapp? So, like, nobody knows, right? Nobody knows. But, I mean, yeah, I, 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 I think it's safe to say we'll kind of – if I just had to guess right now, I think we'll be sort of back to a team fighting to let's just get to six wins at minimum. You know, seven wins would be great. Um, I don't think it's one of those things where if we win eight or nine this year, we're setting up to win 10 next year. Like you said, I, I think if I had to guess, the year two Gamecocks are going to be better than the year three Gamecocks. Just, just my thoughts on it. 
Um, guys, we've hit 12.45. Let's go ahead and jump into our first break. But I want to continue to hear from you, more of your questions, comments, calls, and more on the other side. You're tuned in to The Daily Crush. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377. By the way, um, I forgot to mention this. We got a special guest in the studio. Shout out my little buddy here. My little buddy. Is it the general? The general's in the stew. Got the Clemson Tiger head on a stick. Look at this guy. I'll just let him do the show. How about it? There you go. Shout out the guy, by the way, that made this. I think it's... uh. Loon Balloon Fun or something like that at Carolina Alehouse. Look at that. That's crazy. That's incredible. That's incredible. If I had somewhere to set him, I should have had him set up in the background. Um, either way, though. Again, we're taking your questions, your comments, your calls. 843-790-3377. Luke RJ says, I forgot how much I missed TSUS. If you're taking some time off, it's always easy to get hyped back up. Watch TDC and listen to the podcast. Always great shows. Thank God the preseason's over. Luke RJ. Appreciate you, my friend. Do what you got to do to get ready, because guess what? Kickoff is here. Um, let's see. Let's jump to the TDC questions channel. Brendan says, yes, the balloon. You said he was going to be the guest host. Yeah, I should have, again, just come back from break, and it just literally been him sitting there and me just like, just, that's it, just like 20 minutes, just, the, just a balloon sitting there. Like, ask your questions to the balloon. He's kind of shy, though. Uh, T. Jordan. T. Jordan 2132 says, what wide receiver do you feel has the most to prove? I actually played baseball with Xavier Leggett. My stepdad was his principal at Mullins High School. I can say he was very close to entering the transfer portal this offseason, so I'm hoping he steps up. Um, who has the most to prove? I would say, well, here's the thing. We've already gone through this. I, I, said, that, uh, I said that it was uh, Antoine Wells just because of the hype and the expectations. Uh, but certainly, Leggett, I mean, he's a guy that I've listed as most approved like the last couple of years. I, I think certainly you see where he's at in the depth chart, and you like to think this is going to be his breakout season. So he's got a lot to prove also, no doubt. Bedinger asks, how much for the towels and koozies, cash or credit? Bedinger, we will have the towels and koozies on hand. $5 a pop for each, $5 for a towel, $5 for a koozie. Um, we take cash, we take Venmo, PayPal, Cash App, all that good stuff. The only thing I don't have right now is a card swiper. So anyway you want to pay – Outside of card, we can take it. Cash, Venmo, PayPal, Cash App, whatever you got, we can do it at the Spurs Up show um, very simply. So, Michael Brock, Chris, exactly where will you be selling merch at the games? At Seawells. We'll be at Seawells. We'll have a table set up out there at Seawells. Come on out. Going to be a good time. Um, somebody asked also, somebody texted in. Asked, will I be at Gamecock Walk? Not no, I'm at Street. Let's jump into this call here. Robbie, what's going on, my friend? How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing on this wonderful day? Huh? I, you doing fantastic? I'm, I'm doing well, man. Doing well. Um, looking forward to kickoff. It is Wednesday. It is hump day. Again, really excited, man. I, I appreciate you uh, calling in. What's up? Um, okay, first off, no offense to Coastal fans, okay, but it would not be fair for us to play Coastal, okay? I agree with you, but for the for the conference that they're in, they're pretty dang good, okay? But there is not a snowball chance in Hades that Coastal would come into Columbia and beat South Carolina. There's no way. Okay? I wanted to get that out the way, yeah. okay? 
And like I said before, the main thing I'm one of the main things I'm going to be watching for. Are you there, Robbie? I'm here. Go ahead, my guy. Hello. Yes, Robbie. Okay. Go ahead. I wanted to make sure that I wanted to make sure the call didn't drop. Robbie, the, the call. When time. Robbie, when has the call dropped? Ever? The call has dropped. Trust me, the call has dropped. With us? Before, I'm pretty sure. Yes, it has. Like, right. like a week enough. ago. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Enough. Okay. So, I will be watching the offensive line, right? And I'm really hoping that this offensive line plays. Really hoping and praying to the good Lord that our offensive line pushes Georgia State around, okay? Mm-hmm. Do we need we, we cannot give Georgia State any momentum whatsoever. From the time that ball is kicked, somebody in a blue helmet, I don't knock their head off. I don't care. I'm to the point now in the week, I don't care. Knock their head off. I don't care. Break a leg. I don't care. Don't kill them. Prove to them that they don't deserve to be on the same field as us and take care of business. Give them their paycheck, pay for the hospital bills, mm. and go into Arkansas 1-0. Okay? Mm. Take care of business. Beat Georgia State's ass. Go into Arkansas and just go from there. Mm. I love it, dude. I love it, my guy. Yeah, hey, kick ass and take names, and and that's all she wrote. And, hey, kick butt and chew bubble gum, and we're all out of bubble gum. But butt. don't, but don't really butt. knock their heads off, but knock their heads off. Yeah, ring them, ring, ring, give, ring their bells a little bit. Respectfully, Prove to them that they don't, they don't deserve to be on the field. Respectfully, knock their heads off. Respectfully. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And I actually, before I called you, I texted my a buddy of mine that lives in Myrtle Beach, who's literally like a brother to me, okay? I just told him, I said, hey, man, just to let you know, Coastal Carolina's coming to Columbia in the year 2025. Because he told me he wanted to try to go to a Carolina game one year. So I think that would be the perfect one to try to go to. Right, right. But um, anyways, and I'm really hoping that the defense that I were from the defensive line perspective, that our defensive line this year steps up and proves a point. Okay, because they got a lot to prove after last year. Mm-hmm. Okay, when I mean, we couldn't stop the run to save our lives. Okay, <clears throat> and Georgia State runs the ball sixty percent of the time. Okay, right. In order for you to beat a team, and you know they're going to run the football. It's simple. Stop the run. Make them do something that they're not used to, which is passing the ball. Whenever they're not, whenever they're not ready to, that's whenever they're going to make a mistake. We're going to capitalize off of the mistake and get points and put the game away early and beat Georgia State's ass. I don't care if we're up by forty. Put up ninety. I don't care. Prove a point. I, I agree, man. Like I said, set the tone. Set the, the tone. The whole point is set you're the supposed tone. to score. Yeah, set the tone. Until the game is over, you score. I don't care if the third stringers are in there. The, the point, whole point is that the opponent is supposed to stop you from scoring. The point of the game is to score. Indeed. Exactly. If possible, score 100. I don't know if anybody's ever done that, but 
Yeah, actually, Robbie, I don't Corey, know if you, I don't know if you knew this. The most points scored in a game, uh, Georgia Tech scored 222 points in a game one time. I believe that's that's the. Oh number. my God! Good Lord, Georgia Tech did that back in yeah 1916. Georgia Tech beat Cumberland University 222 to zero. Good God! <laughs> Holy crap! Okay, so it is. So it has been done before. <laughs> okay. Okay. But um, and. Honestly, this is what I would just if I if I was the OC, right? If I was if I was Satterfield, mm-hmm. okay, I would tell Spencer Rattler, don't try to overdo it. Take what they give us, and if the big play is there and he's wide open, let it go. Let her fly. Spin the because pill, my guy. Spin you, the pill. Just, just, I don't care. Brad, I'm telling you, first play from scrimmage. Bomb, bomb. It's going to be a bomb to somebody, okay? I don't know who's going to catch it, but somebody's going to catch it in the Garnet uniform, okay? But I, that's what I would do. Just to, just to prove that we're not messing mm-hmm. around, throw a, throw a bomb on the first play. I don't, I, I don't care. All right? See if their athletes can keep up with ours, dang it. Because I get – I, I, guess what? I bet, all the, all I, I bet they can't. Listen, tell all my wide receivers, just run a go route, okay? I want to see if they can keep up with – I want to see if they can keep up with our athletes. Just tell everybody to run a go route, and whoever beats their man first, chunk that son of a gun as far as you can. Robbie, to hell with Satterfield. We need to put you at O.C. Hey, I'll do it too. And you'll do it for free. Exactly. I don't. I'll do it for free. <laughs> Robbie Davis, the cheapest offensive coordinator available. I want to. Hey, honestly, I'll, I'll, I'll honestly, I'll tell you what. <laughs> until I prove that I'm worth it, don't pay me. But if I start proving myself, I want, I'm, I'm going to want some money now. I'm just. I'm just saying. What, what's the what's the going rate for Robbie Davis's services as an offensive coordinator? What what you asking for? How much? <laughs> how much you asking? Uh, honestly, I haven't given that much thought, mm-hmm. but it would probably be a little cheaper than Satterfield could say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just curious. I mean, I know if you had a number in mind. Well, if I ever come up with a number, I'll, I'll let you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, goodness. But, yeah, that's what I would do. Just tell all my wide receivers and my running back, just run a go route. I want to see if their athletes can actually keep up with us, but I don't think they can. Eventually, our athletes are going to show up and kick Georgia's ass. Just run four verts all game. <laughs> just, just run Hail Mary all game long. See if their athletes can keep up with us. <laughs> yeah. no, just, just, just all game long. <laughs> just run straight. Go, just first play. Go around. I want to see if their athletes are fast, which I highly doubt they're fast enough to keep up with our athletes. I'm not saying that they ain't fast, but I don't think they're fast enough. But, yeah, I just feel like that. And honestly, 
if I think one of the things that I'm really concerned about, though, like really extremely concerned about, right? Because like I said earlier this week, right, the players for Georgia State, they're pissed off because they didn't get recruited by big-name schools like South Carolina, Alabama, and all that stuff, right? So you're going you're gonna to obviously get their best game out of them from the get-go. But you need to smack them in. I don't care if it is Georgia State. Smack them in the mouth. And whoever folds first, that's who's going to lose. We need to make Georgia State fold right from the get-go. That's what needs to happen. Set the tone early. Listen, I agree. Set the tone early. I, I agree with you. Set the tone early. Set the tone from the jump. And, for, and like I said, as per, as Spurrier said, the whole point is for me to score. The other point is for the defense to try to stop me. So score. I don't care if we're up 50 to nothing. Score again. I don't care. Prove a point. No disrespect to Georgia State, but this is a game where you need to prove a point. Indeed. <clears throat> Indeed. All right, man, I'm going to get off of here. Robbie, I appreciate it. I will see you Saturday. Mm-hmm. Go Gamecocks. And the hell with Clemson. Go Rev and Rev Georgia Tech, baby. All right, buddy. Have a good one. Robbie, thank you so much, my friend. Appreciate you. Great stuff. Hey, I know we had somebody trying to call in from Clinton. If you'd like to call in now, I, I think I had to ignore his call like seven times. Um, that was Robbie Davis. Hey, Robbie Davis just... Hey, square L1 in NCAA, PMOD makes note of it. And if you don't know what we're talking about, those who know, know, and those who don't, don't. Square Call L1. from Shane Mills. Here we go. Shane, what's up, man? How are you? Chris, how you doing, man? Shane. Uh, what's going on, man? I'm doing well. Oh, yeah, the, uh, the, the coastal guy. What's up, man? Man, look, man. Things got blown out of proportion on Twitter. The reason I come to you is because you are voice for this fan base. Man, this fan base is constantly disrespecting coaches. I want your honest take on it, man. Do you really believe the Gamecocks are a lot years ahead of Coastal? I think South Carolina would beat Coastal right now, yes. Yeah. Oh, man. You don't even think it'd be close? I didn't say it wouldn't be a close game, but I would definitely take the Gamecocks to beat Coastal. I, I, you know, I, I say that. I like McCall. I got nothing against Coastal, by the way. I think it's weird for Coastal fans to pick a fight with South Carolina. Now, I can't speak for everybody if there's folks on Twitter that are chirping Coastal, whatever. I I got nothing against Coastal. I got no beef with man, Coastal. I you, I, what, buddy, you, you ain't done nothing wrong, man. I, I, I think highly of you. I think highly of your organization you're running. Man, some of these fans, man, they can't understand the success, man. I'm talking about the sheer success that I, Coach has been putting Right. I, I, I understand the success. I think if the two played right now, I would pick South Carolina to win by a minimum two touchdowns. I do. I think they would, dom- you know, I, I think they would dominate the line of scrimmage. I, I just – Coastal, the nice story. McCall's a good player. The game would be close early for sure. Hell, I'd love to see South Carolina go up and play on the teal turf, but – Dude, I, I just – there's a difference in the level of play when it comes to line of scrimmage. Carolina would bully Coastal up and down the field. 
I just, I, I, I just, I think, yeah. Hey, I tell you what, I, I mean, I, I can respect, I can respect that. I, I, I truly, truly, truly can. You know what I'm saying? I truly can. But I'm gonna leave you with this. I'm gonna take this on out the air, because I tell you what, that boy you had on the phone a minute ago, good lord, I ain't think he's ever gonna hush up. I've been trying to get on the phone with you for 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. But I tell you what, I, 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 I leave it here. Take it off the air. When do you think Coastal will be to a point where they can truly compete with the Gamecocks and everybody else in the SEC? Hey, good talking to you, Chris, man. I'm a big fan. Shane, I appreciate it. Call it any time, my friend. And I appreciate the banter on social media as well. Really, really good stuff. That's the beauty in sports. Differing fans and fan base can come together, and the beauty's in the banter, man. Thanks so much for the call. Thank you, man. Yeah, man. Take care. Two Coastal Carolina fans have called in one day. Am I taking loony pills today? Am I taking loony pills? And and Mans was dissing Robbie Davis indeed. I don't appreciate that. But um, he asks, when will Coastal Carolina be at a point when they're on the level of the Gamecocks or competing in the SEC? My man, this is why the group of five needs its own playoff. Because Coastal Carolina is not playing for the same trophy that Georgia, Alabama, Texas A&M, Auburn, Florida, Tennessee, and yes, South Carolina, they're not playing for the same trophy those teams are playing for. And that's not a knock on Coastal. Like, I'm not trying to even knock Coastal, guys. It's just reality. It's literally a different level of football. So the answer's never. The answer's never. Unless Coastal, like themselves, built a... 70,000, 80,000-seat stadium and move to the SEC. Like, th- th- there's there's just, you know, no. 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 A- a- you know, no disrespect, but never. Never's the answer. Never's the answer. Uh, P-Dog shot us a text. What's up, P-Dog? Hey, man, appreciate you coming out last night, by the way. Uh, had a lot of fun. P-Dog says, I have one request for our offensive coordinator this year. If it's third and nine, for the love of God... Please run nine-yard routes. It seems so simple, P-Mod, but you know what? You make a great point. I don't know why that's such a thing in football. Like, I get it, like, hey, run a seven-yard route and let him break a tackle, but it's like, if you need the certain yard, it just seems like it makes too much sense. I I don't know. I don't know. Guys, 843-790-3377. And that's the beautiful thing. That's the fun thing about this show, man, is that stuff happens that... Stuff happens you would never expect. Coastal Call fans from. calling in. Jerry Withrow. Here we go. Jerry, what's up, man? How are you? <clears throat> Pretty good, man. But uh, I think that Coastal Carolina talk, they will never compete with Carolina ever, like you said. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I just – no. <clears throat> yeah, never is the answer. <clears throat> Never is the answer, my friend. Yeah. <clears throat> and I got another question. Uh, is mm-hmm. Spencer Rattler still going to be number seven? Yes, yes. So, just to clear it up for everybody tuned in, the jersey, Jadavion Clowney's jersey, got retired. His number is not retired. I don't know if that makes sense to people, but the jersey, he's being enshrined, right? But the number is not retired. So the number can still be worn. 
Spencer Rattler is still wearing seven. Yes. Who do you have us upsetting like the best chance to upset? Texas A&M, Clemson, or Georgia? Well, I have us beating Clemson. So I would probably say that Clemson would be my answer. I, I do have South Carolina beating Clemson. In my preseason predictions, again, that's subject to change. You know, when we get to the week of the game, my prediction could change. But right now, preseason predictions, I picked Carolina to beat Clemson. So, I would say it's it's that one. Do you think that we're in the top three in the SEC East? So, based off my preseason predictions, <clears throat> I've picked Carolina to finish third. So, yes. I've got uh, Georgia, Tennessee, then South Carolina, then Kentucky behind us, um, Florida, Mizzou, Vandy. So, yes. Yes, I, I think the Gamecocks finish in the top three in the SEC East, yes. And to change up the sports, what do you think about that, that Clemson coach that got hired at, at Carolina for baseball? I love it, man. I, I, I love Monty Lee. Um you know, I've got a really unique vantage point because guys that I played ball with in high school were either recruited by him or played for him at Coastal, um, and they've all got glowing reviews of him. Uh, I think Monty, obviously, again, a really, really likable guy, has great ties within the state. Uh, he knows the game, obviously, very well, has been at USC before. I love it. I love it. You know, I, listen, I know we had Mark Ryan on the show, I think it was last week or two weeks ago, and Mark was talking about, you know, don't bring back guys. I mean, listen, he, he was a Gamecock first. He was a Gamecock first. And I even say this about Monty. Like, when he was at College Charleston, he'd have been a fool not to take that Clemson job, right? Because at some point, you take the fandom out, and it's all about he's trying to be a head coach, man. He's trying to do what's best for his family. He's trying to move up in the business. I don't blame him at all for taking the job. Uh, but bottom line, I, I love to see Monty back in Columbia, man. If you see any of my, any of my commentary about it, uh, that, that will reflect that, obviously. I'm, I'm very happy Monty Lee is back wearing the garnet and black. Very happy about it. And another question, who on the defensive line for Carolina do you think has the most pressure on them? Who has the most pressure on the D-line? God, it's got to be Jordan Birch. I mean, how could it not be Jordan Birch? Um, a guy that, listen, I, I don't care what Corey Miller says or or this person says. Or that He ain't lived up to the hype, man. I, I don't give a damn what you say. One sack in two seasons. Bottom line, end of story. I don't care context. I don't care about anything. There is – and it's not a bad thing. Pressure's a good thing. The pressure's high on Birch because there's high expectations. When you should start worrying is if, if he does the same thing this year, if he has one sack, we'll say, and then next year you come into next season and he's still here, hey, guess what? He won't have pressure on him next year. You know why? Because he won't have any more expectations because we'll have given up on him, right? So expectations are a positive. He has high expectations because we feel like there's a lot in there we have not seen yet. We feel like he can still live up to this insane high billing he had on the recruiting trail. Listen, you want to get mad at me for having high expectations of Jordan Birch? Well, you know, he was this coming out of high school. He played in this conference. He played at this school. Well, then maybe he shouldn't have been rated what he was as a recruit. Maybe that's the real problem. Because I'm sorry, when you're the second highest rated signee in the history of your program, uh, yeah, I'm expecting you to be an impact player. And, guys, I'm not expecting it to take three years for it to happen. So, Jordan Birch, man, former five-star for this defense to take the next step and live up to the hype and expectations we've set, 
Hell yeah, he's got pressure. He needs to play well this year. One sack ain't going to cut it. But I was thinking about last year. You remember your simulation, he blew up, and I feel like it's going to be the year that that happens. Dude, I'm, listen, I, I, I'm very excited for Birch. I, I do think Birch is going to have a solid year. But you ask about who has the most pressure, it's definitely Jordan Birch. It, without, how could it be anybody else? I just, it is. I mean, it is. So I'm not saying he's got to be Jadavion Clowney. I'm not saying that. But he's the second highest rated signee in the history of Carolina football. I don't know why that bothers people so much. Like, there should be high pressure and high expectations on him. He should be a contributor. I mean, this is a guy that we thought of, you know, people I talked to said, Chris, he's a first-rounder. He should be a first-rounder. He sure as shit ain't played like a first-rounder. So, I need to see it. I want to see it. We feel like it's in there. I hope this is the year that, uh, that uh, you know, he lives up to that hype and that billing that we all heard about on the recruiting trail. Do you think if the offense sputters like it did last year, will Marcus Centerfield still have a job? If it sputters like it did last year, hell no. Hell no. Nah, listen, this is uh, – I mean, Sat's got arguably the most pressure on the football team. If the offense doesn't click, he, he will be the one that falls on the sword for sure. It just – yeah. I mean, you, you, you cannot – all the pieces you've added – I mean, I don't think anybody's saying score 50 a game. Um, but, uh, yeah, the offense has got to be immensely better. Top 50 in the country – I think so. Yeah, I think Sat is a hundred and ten percent gone if the offense does not uh, perform at a high level this year. Yeah. And I want your opinion on this. I think the number fourteen should be retired because of Phil Petty. I think so too. Well, I mean, you know, they they said they're not retiring numbers anymore. Um. I think that's a rule with the school, so you have to take that up with them. But mo- most definitely, the the jersey should be retired. I, I would expect them; they're going to honor Phil Petty this season, probably with a sticker or a patch or something like that on on the uniform, on the helmet, whatever. So I I, uh, I think you'll definitely see that. But certainly, I I, I would be I would I would be very happy with them doing that if they were to retire his jersey or if they wanted to change the rule and retire the number because of him. Um, you know, I'd be for that. But in all your years pulling for the Gamecocks, who's the worst coach that you've you've witnessed? I, I feel like that's a pretty easy answer. It's Muschamp, dude. I mean, like, I mean, I, uh, I mean, I didn't become a diehard fan until 2002, end up 02, beginning of 03, when I was like 11 years old. So, you know, I, I've only seen Holtz, Spurrier, Muschamp, and Beamer. I mean. Which one out of them four? You know what I mean? Like, come on. Muschamp might be the worst coach in the history of Carolina football. One of the worst. One of the worst. And Shane Beamer's mentality, who do who does he remind you of? Uh, who does Shane remind me of? I, you know, he's got a little bit of Spurrier. I mean, I think he's taken from, from multiple guys he's been under. I, I don't know that I say, like, he's exactly like this guy. Um, you know, I, 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 it pains me to say it. I don't want to say it, but you can't avoid it. Like he does things sort of like, uh, like a Dabo Sweeney in the sense of style. Um, but I think Shane Beamer's his own person, man. And I think he's still evolving into being his own coach. And, um, 
you know, so, you know, I, I, I would say he's his I'm own re- guy. I'm ready for that Kentucky South Carolina game. I'm ready as Mark well, man. Going to be a lot of fun. Are you going to that one or are you just going to stay at home game? Am I going to the South Carolina Kentucky game in Lexington? Is that what you're asking? Yeah. Uh, no, I will not be going. My sister's actually getting married that day, and I'm in the wedding. So, I will most certainly not be there. You going to wear a garnet suit to your sister's wedding? I am not going to do that. Black, it will be black. A black suit. <laughs> uh, and also, even if I was in the wedding, we'll, 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 we do watch parties for all the road games. So, I, I will not travel to any road games for this year. They will all be watch parties at different Carolina Alehouse locations. So, um, if you're around, whatever location you're close to, if you're in the state of South Carolina, come on out. We have a good time. Yeah, Columbia is like an hour and 15 minutes away from me. Where, where are I you at? I might try to make one of those. Where are you at? Jefferson, South Carolina. Jefferson? Yeah. I have no clue where that is. <laughs> no it's idea. an hour southeast of Charlotte. Okay. All right. All right. Gotcha. Gotcha. It's, it's, the population is only like 700 at the most. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> Got to love a small town. Got to love it. I wouldn't rather be nowhere else. Cheers, brother. I'd love to hear it. Yeah, in 2020, I had a aneurysm. Okay. I had to go to a diehard Gamecock fan. Lucky to be here, though. Yeah, I love it, man. Love to hear that. But uh, what I was saying about Shane Beamer's mentality, he kind of reminds me of a younger Saban. A younger Saban. Okay. Um, okay. Listen, I hope his career pans out the way. I, I, I don't think Beamer is, is – as cold as Saban, I don't think he's as standoffish as Saban. You know, Saban's a, a pretty serious, you know, whatever. I, I think Beamer is obviously much more loose, fun, player-type player, player type coach, relatable. Um, but obviously, we all hope and pray he has, you know, that Beamer has the success that a Saban has had. So, Do you think this will be a place where he retires from? If he keeps getting better and better, I, I, I mean, dude, I think as long as he keeps winning and we keep paying him, yeah, I think he'll be here for he'll be a lifer at South Carolina. So, yeah. All right, buddy, I ain't gonna let you. I ain't gonna hold you up. I'll let you go. Hey, man, I appreciate the call. Thanks so much for the questions, my man. I'll be in touch. All right, sounds good, my dude. Take care. Great stuff. Great stuff. Love the call. Appreciate Jerry calling in. Uh, guys, 843-790-3377. My guy, Cocky Twan, he just he gets so bothered and upset about the, the – I don't know why people get so bothered about the Jordan Burks thing. Like, nobody's hating on him. It's just their high expectations and – like, would you – I don't even know what people are disagreeing about when it comes to Burks. I don't know what they're disagreeing about. That he doesn't have pressure, that he wasn't a highly rated prospect, that he hasn't lived up to the recruiting profile. Which of those statements is inaccurate? I'm high on him this year. I'm excited for him. 
But is there pressure? Yes. Should there be pressure? Yes. I mean, I don't I don't even know what the disconnect is. It's like everybody just gets their, their feelings hurt because, oh, don't talk about my favorite player that way. Like, bro, go produce. I know who he was behind, Jay Jennings Barre and, you know, Sterling, whoever. I mean, still, man, I, I just – I guess we should blame the recruiting services because just because you can play at Hammond and sling 150-pound kids around, that don't mean you're going to be a – top-notch All-American SEC defensive end. <laughs> Somebody had to say it, I guess. Uh, guys, we're going to jump into a quick break, but I want to continue to hear from you more of your questions, comments, calls, and more on the other side. You're tuned in to the Daily Crime. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. I was just looking. I guess I'm going to have to change the last graphic in our, in our slideshow there in our breaks, if you will, because the TSUS tour has officially come to an end. And, again, thank you all so much for those who came out of the TSUS tour. Uh, had an absolute blast, man, and, and truly just appreciate the love and support that we felt all across the state at all those various locations. John Rice, what's up, my guy? Appreciate you tuning in. PMOD, I can confirm for him, is most certainly going to be at Seawells this weekend. And, guys, I know somebody asked, that is where we are tailgating. Seawells, okay? We'll have the TSUS and Big Cock Club flags flying. We'll be at Seawells. Here we go. What's going on, man? How are you? I'm good, man. But I just want to piggyback off what you're just saying. It's absolutely a problem with these recruiting Sites because I'm from Columbia. I went to Oakland High School. I watched this boy when he was uh, when he was coming out, and I said it, that he wasn't going he wasn't going to live up to the competition because Hammond don't play nobody. They play the same five schools every every game. You know what I'm saying? So it's no him coming out ain't mean nothing to me. And then another thing, name another Hammond star that done panned out at another school because they got more than him that just came out. Mm-hmm. Well, you I mean, know, I you know, Alex, Alex Huntley is I'm teammate. Not my well, I ain't talking about boogie. I ain't talking about boogie. But other than that, they ain't got nobody that done panned out. Mm-hmm. And, and you can put a little bit on Muschamp, too. I see right. somebody in the comments. You can yeah. put a little bit on Muschamp, too, because nobody has been developing right. these kids. Right. Yeah. Three offensive coordinators in three years. Come on, man. Like that. Hey, I, listen, I, w- I would agree. Put definitely a lot of it on Muschamp. I, I think what's interesting, my friend, you bring up, you know, of course, Alex Huntley. And, and I think it's, it's isn't it interesting how differently we view Alex Huntley because, because of the, his recruiting profile and he was a four-star. I mean, still a highly rated guy, but I think the expectations are just so much different. You know what I mean? The expectations are so we much go different. Back, I think if we go back and re-rate that class, Boogie will be rated higher than well, and I mean, but but, but 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 listen, here here's the thing. And listen, I talked to people when Jordan Birch committed that said they didn't think he should even be a five star. I mean, what are you going to do? Go on? Am I going to go on record and say, hey, I don't I don't really think he should be a five star. He's not going to pan out. Like, then you're just the villain, and everybody hates you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, I mean, you're not going to say that. But I'm hearing the same talk also. I'm hearing the same talk also around Xavier. Sorry to cut you off, but around no, Xavier in the cloud. And Nicole, of course, it's from them Taylor fans. Mm-hmm. But you know, um, I don't. I, I think he. I think the coaches that we have in there now mm-hmm. are way better developers of talent than that last staff. I'd agree. Yeah. 
But that's it, man. Go Cops, uh, CA. Let's fill that stadium for Georgia State. Let's do it, man. Hey, I appreciate the call, sincerely. Appreciate the insight. Yes, sir. Yeah. Really good stuff. Listen, I think he makes good points. I, if we want to go to that, if we want to dissect the Jordan Burks thing to that degree, listen, we talk about it. Recruiting is an imperfect system. Like, the star system is imperfect. So, I mean, if you want to go back and look and say, hey, maybe a guy should have been rated differently, I don't think that's unfair. I, I don't think that's unfair, right? And I talk to people that when Birch was committed and was signed that, you know, he maybe he shouldn't have been a five-star. Right? And, and listen, listen, but what are you going to do? Go on record and be like, well, it's a good pickup, but I don't think he's a five-star. God, I mean, the fan base would have just come at me like crazy, right? You can't say those things. So, I mean, listen – you look at the stats, has, I would just say this, even putting the star rating aside, you look at his size, you look at his athleticism, you look at his measurables. I would like to think, especially coming in his junior season, being under this coaching staff, Sterling Lucas now there, which I think is a really, really nice add to the staff. Birch should have his by far best year in Garnet and Black. I mean, I don't think anybody would disagree with that, right? Uh, Thomas Walker says, I had a light bulb moment just now. You need to add a someone had to say it segment, either the podcast or TDC, just to address a topic that no one else will talk about, even if it doesn't have to do with Carolina football. I love that. I love that, Thomas. I actually do love that. That's, that's, uh, I might incorporate it. That's a really good idea. Um, Austin Greisman is the five star rating unfair to the player. Jordan Burks didn't ask for the rating. If you were a three or four star, nobody would be calling for him a potential bust. He also says he's good enough to play and isn't a liability, just not contributing as a five-star should. Well, Austin, I mean, listen, here's the thing. Uh, those guys want to be rated as five-stars. Yes, they do. Listen, I had Marshawn Lloyd on the show like a week after he committed back in 2020, and I asked him about the whole getting the fifth star, right? Because you might got, you guys might recall, he was a four-star, then got bumped up to a five-star, and guess what? He wanted that. He was like, dude, that meant a lot to me. So, yeah, these guys want to be rated highly, man. And, I mean, who wouldn't? Who wouldn't want to? Again, guys, Pressure's not a bad thing. What we're talking about, what we're talking about with Jordan Birch, it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. We're talking about him so much because we feel like he can be a big-time player. We all just want to see it. That's it. And honestly, this defense, guys, we talked about the edge position already, but, I mean, this is a defense that we don't have the, the, the greatest depth on the edge. We need Birch to pan out. man. We, we need him to be the guy we thought he was going to be. Um, it's crazy how much commentary the, the, the Birch thing has created. Of course, guys, in the podcast today, we talked the Gamecocks defensive backs heading into the 2022 season. Um, I rated the DBs an A-. minus. I think that's a very fair grade. Maybe some of you will disagree uh, when you compare it. Get this, guys. And, and, I, and I referenced my good friend Brett Ciancia of Pick 6 Previews. A pretty fair amount. Get this. We talk about the DBs, and some of you think it should be an A+. You know what my guy Brett Ciancia of Pick 6 Previews? He's got Alabama number one, right, the defensive backs, which is not surprising, okay? He has, let's see, he has Georgia's DBs number two. You know where he's got the Gamecocks? Ninth. Ninth in the SEC. Even I was shocked when I saw that. Even I was shocked, right? Even I was shocked. Anytime you got a guy like Cam Smith, preseason All-American leading the way, right, you feel good about the group. I, I would say, though, I do not expect this unit to finish top 10 in pass defense again. However, that's a good thing. 
That's a good thing because I think that the run defense will be a little better. I think it'll be a little better, so teams will have to throw more. I think they'll have to throw more, right? Which, in turn, the passing yard numbers will go up, but that's okay. Again, guys, I don't want to be a defense again that, well, you know, the pass defense is elite because teams don't have to throw it. I I, I would much rather there be some balance on the defensive side as well. You know what I mean? Um, But again, you know, Cam Smith, preseason All-American, uh, Darius Rush, I, I, dude, I tell you what, his evolution as a player and what he's done, it's just been incredible. Um, Marcellus Dial, David Spalding, obviously solid, solid players. Devonnie Reed, he's the biggest question, right? Can Devonnie Reed fill the shoes of a departed Jalen Foster? I mean, that, that's the biggest question for the secondary. Anytime you lose a guy like Foster, who led your team and led the SEC in interceptions with six and was your big-time, big playmaker guy on that defensive side, you know, we've talked about turnovers and how important they are. Devonnie Reed coming from Central Michigan. You know, we've heard a lot of great things, and you feel like, on paper at least, he's at minimum as talented, probably more talented than a departed Jalen Foster. But will he be able to give you the same production week in, week out, and also be a leader for the back half of that defense? Right? So, um, yeah, Lynn Turner, I don't know. I don't know. My my guy, Brett Siancia, rated these defensive backs ninth. I don't know. Um, Travi, whip stop the run. Like you said, Chris, I'll take 150 or less in the run department this year. That That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I think Tonka's going to have a good year. P-Mod, Nick Emanwari will be taking over for Roderick, R.J. Roderick by game seven. R.J. Roderick's one of those guys. I mean, I'll just say it again. Man. Hey, what, what did Thomas Walker say? What needs to be said? God, so many fans just dislike R.J. Roderick. And, and I mean... It's been a very mixed bag for RJ, and that is putting it pretty kindly, I think. Um, guys, I'll tell you this. I, I've had a – I'm having a lot of fun, and I've had a lot of fun doing preseason stuff and, and all these different shows. And But I tell you, man, I am so pumped for a game on Saturday. <laughs> like, I, I am so beyond excited for there to be an actual game on Saturday. Um because, I mean, you guys know, man. I mean, it's like we're just starting to break down and dissect the same things over and over, talking about the same players. Like, I am so pumped to actually talk about, hey, well, this is what happened. What does it mean? This is what happened. Look ahead to this. I'm so happy we finally get a game. Um, somebody asked earlier about the Gamecock walk. I'll be honest with you guys. I cannot promise that I'll be there. I, I didn't go to Gamecock walk last year and uh, for different reasons. But, you know, this year we're going to be – I think what game day is going to look like for me is this. We're going to be out there shaking hands, talking to people, hanging out. I'm going to be selling merch like crazy. So I just don't know – I don't know that it will make a whole lot of sense for me to leave the tailgate for like an hour, hour and a half long period. We just got too much going on, man. I mean, I listen, I think Gamecock Walk is an incredible thing. I think it's cool. I think it's a lot of fun. I think you guys should go. Um but, you know, I, I just I, – I, I can't promise. I can't promise I'll be out there. What I can promise is that I'm getting into town on Friday, and I cannot wait for it. Uh, I think we're probably going to stop by Halls. And, of course, I'm going to tweet about it, right? Of course, we're going to tweet about it. Uh, probably going to stop by Halls, see my good friends Cox by 90 and Gamecocks Bourbon. Uh, just go say what's up to them. Free event. Check them out at Halls, Halls Chop House in Columbia. Four to six, I believe, is when that's going. Um, also excited to go check out the band. Shout out Brendan M., and those boys, um, 
check out Brendan and him and those guys. Uh, you know, get a little hype video. Hopefully not put them on blast on TikTok again. And then 7 o'clock, 7 o'clock, Gamecocks men's soccer takes on Clemson. We will head out to we will head out to that game and uh, you know take it all in and, and then get, it, get 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 ready for kickoff against Georgia State the following day. Man, it's here, it's here. How about hey? How about tonight also? The uh, the Welcome Home series continues. Episode four of that Welcome Home South kind of football series. So again, guys, content. I mean, content is truly bleeding out the eyeballs. Tons of stuff going on this week and and uh, yeah, so. Really, really good stuff. Let's see. Caleb Thomas Fishing says, is Nicholas Harbor a lock for us considering all the ties that the 2023 class has in this area? He was seen wearing our gloves. Uh, I, I will say this, Caleb Thomas Fishing, just because a guy wears wears your gloves, I, I don't think that that's like a, you know, I, I, it's not a guarantee. Uh, is Harbor a lock? I think that's way too strong. He did get a crystal ball put in for South Carolina. Um I think you got to feel really good about it, though. And it's, it's just, it, dude, it's crazy. I mean, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. With everything going on in recruiting, the positive momentum, the additions, the commentary, the vibe, the stars are all aligned for Gamecocks football to have an incredible season. I mean, have a massive year. And to take college football by storm. I mean, everything, guys, is lined up. Now all that's left is to do the job on the field and go win football games. That's it. That's it. Outside of that, man, though, I I just feel like everything is in place. Everything is in place for this team to explode this year. And we just need to see it happen. We need to see it happen. Sonder Days, you got any hot takes for the upcoming season? Well, I, I, I got us beating Clemson, so I think that's a pretty hot take. Hot take? Hmm. Hot takes for the season. I don't know. I don't know if I, I, I've had any crazy. I mean, you think you would think me, I would have a bunch of hot takes. I mean, my hot take is if we win 10 games, I'm going to get a Beamer Ball tattoo on my ass. Uh, that, that That's a hot take, <laughs> I, I guess. Um... I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'd, I'd have to think on that. I, I really, again, you would think someone like me would have just hot takes lined up. I, I don't know, man. I, I'm, if I've said it to this point, then so be it. But yeah, beating Clemson, I, I would say that's a hot take. I don't know. Hot take, Jordan Birch is a bust. That's not even what I'm saying, Luke RJ. And you know that. I know you're just trying to stir the pot like you always do. Um, let's see. John Edwards says, Y'all wish me luck Friday and Saturday. I have a fantasy football draft each of those nights. John Edward, may the fantasy football gods be with you, my friend. Hold on. You got a John, hold on, John Edward. You have a fantasy football draft Saturday night? Is that correct, John Edward? I need confirmation because are you not going to be watching the Gamecocks game, my guy? Are you just, you're going to be doing the draft? Here we go. John Rice, higher chances. Rattler winning the Heisman or South Carolina winning the SEC, like as a whole. Rattler winning the Heisman. I don't think they have to win the SEC for him to win the Heisman. So I'd say Rattler winning the Heisman are the more likely odds. But I mean, dude, the Gamecocks would have to go. They'd have to make the SEC championship game. I I think they would. And Rattler would have to have an incredible. I mean, dude, you think about how good of a year you have to have. Like, it's insane, dude. It's insane how good of a year. Um... 
Austin Greaseman got a fantasy football draft at 7.30 exactly on Saturday night. I just wouldn't do it. <laughs> like, I just wouldn't do it. Um, John Edward, I'll be watching the game Saturday. Trust me, it's just when the draft schedule. Again, I just wouldn't do it. PMOD, I'm also excited for the football tomorrow night, man. West Virginia and Pitt. Uh, I'm ready to watch Tennessee. Dude, I'm telling you, Mizzou, La Tech, La Tech plus 20 and a half. That is free money. That's free money. Um, dude, yeah, I, I'm I'm extremely pumped to watch all the football tomorrow night, man. There's some really, really good games on. Um, dude, I, I'll just tell you again, though, man. I love talking about it. I, I love the preseason stuff. I, you know, I, I love breaking everything down. Hey, with today's show... The position unit previews are in the books. We have done predictions. We have done opponent previews. We have done position unit previews. We've done offense preview, defense, special teams. I'm just so happy that now, guys, it's like it's all in the rear view. It's all in the books, right? If you haven't checked out the show, be sure you listen to it. Get your final preview in, and we can finally start to turn our attention to an actual game, right? An actual game. John Rice, we need a Seawells preview. <laughs> oh, Seawells. How do you preview Seawells? Hey, John, who's got the most to prove at Seawells? I think it's PMOD. I think PMOD has the most to prove. Um, you know, I, I think PMOD, you know, he, 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 was, he was, when he was good, he was good last year, but consistency was his issue, right? We need to see more from PMOD. He's got a lot of potential. The cannonball, we need to receive the return of that. Got a lot to prove. Best overall, it's got to be Lance Player, man. Cocky neck gator. Um, I mean, best over. No, nobody's out drinking Lance Player. Cocky neck, neck gator at the tailgate on the lattes. He is the best overall, no doubt. Um, season will be successful if for the Seawells tailgate. Season will be successful if. Hmm. Hmm. Season will be successful if the ox is on point. The ox is on point. <laughs> we, we need the music to be on point all season long. Yes, see, we're on the same page. The ox, do not mess up the ox. No kids bop at the tailgate. Overall grade for the Seawells tailgate, A++++. A grade does not exist high enough for the Seawells tailgate. Guys, on that note, let's jump into one final break, but I want to continue to hear from you more, your questions, comments, calls, and more on the other side. You're tuned in to the Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, your comments, your calls. Final 10 minutes or so here on the Daily Crow. That number is 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377. John Edward, that's a good question. Where is the game? Pittsburgh or is it in Morgantown, West Virginia? Um, Jesse took West Virginia outright tomorrow. Is that crazy? I mean, Pittsburgh's highly thought of, but I don't think that's crazy. Backyard brawl, man, anything can happen. Anything can happen for sure. Um, I can tell you guys this, man. Hey, Seawells is where we'll be. Spots 92 to, what is it, basically just 98. I mean, whatever. We're in that area. Um, I am so pumped to see everybody. I mean, dude, it's like, it's almost like family coming back together. You know what I mean? Like old friends. And I guess that's what makes college football so special, right? We all come together every single fall for seven Saturdays out of the year. And 
and we all share in something we love so much. And, and it's so cool, man, because, you know, in this world, not to get too deep, but in this world, there, there's so many things that pull us apart and there's so many things that divide us. And something like college football, you know, it shows you it doesn't matter what, what, what background you're from. It doesn't matter what, what ethnicity you are. It, it doesn't matter your religious beliefs. None, none of that, all of that subsides. It doesn't matter your political views, God forbid. All of that subsides and we all come together. And we all wear the garnet and black. And we all, you know, I've said this before, guys. Even the people that like talk shit about me on social media that hate my guts, that energy is not reciprocated. Like you're wearing that garnet and black. You're a Gamecock fan. You are a friend of mine. You are a friend of mine. If, if nothing else, we have a common interest. We have a common goal. And that is to see the Gamecocks win. You know what I mean? So it's going to be a really, really special Saturday. I, you know, again, guys, we're, we're fortunate enough to where I feel like I'm going to, and I know I'm going to come into every season and say, this is going to be our biggest and our best season yet. And, and man, I, I say that with full confidence again, dude. I say that with full confidence this season. I, I've really got a feeling it's going to be absolutely incredible. Um, just can't wait, man. Can't wait to see everybody at the tailgate. Uh, please come by, man. See Wells. Uh, come by, see Wells. We'll be out there. You'll see the TSUS and the Big Cock Club flags flying. We'll be out there at noon, man. We're getting out there early to watch some ball. We'll be out there all day long. Towels on hand, koozies on hand. Uh, I should have stickers, by the way. I'm getting stickers. I will take care of that today. I got a lot of stuff to do. <laughs> I'm get, Hey, if you order towels, by the way, I'm getting these towels packaged up, getting them sent out today, so you'll have them by kickoff as well. Um yeah, so we, we are we are moving content, bleeding out the eyeballs. Shit, everything's bleeding out the eyeballs at this point. Jimmy Mendio, is there public parking? Seawells, yes, there's public parking. It's obviously paid. It's a lot, whatever. But, uh, yes, you can pay to park there. I tell you what, I feel like we're driving Seawells some damn business, too, because, I mean, there's a lot of people, a lot of people. Um, a lot of people have been hitting me up about that. PMOD, why are you telling Jimmy no? There's public parking there. In regards to you got to pay 40 bucks. Yeah, you got to pay. I think it's 40. I think it is 40. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Vandy. The guy's username is Vandy. Thoughts on being only minus 12 and a half. I think you take that. If we can't cover that, we're in for a rough weekend in Arkansas. You know what? That screams. I will say this. because my, my best bet for the game was under 56 and a half. I feel confident with that. I, I think under 50, 56 and a half. I just think that's easy money. Um, the 12 and a half, what's so interesting. I mean, if you're going to take one side or the other, I say take the Gamecocks. I do. But uh, it feels like one of those lines where it could be like a backdoor type cover deal. You know what I mean? It could be a backdoor cover. But uh, thoughts on being 12 and a half? I, I think we just still have a ton of questions and a ton to prove. And Georgia State's uh, got some good players back and there'll be a quality football team. And and I think Vegas wants us to prove it. So we just got to go do it. I, I mean, I, I would like to think we cover. Luke RJ was on the podcast today. Uh, so we talked depth chart. We talked Beamer's Tuesday presser. We talked uh, the secondary in our final season preview, or excuse me, position unit preview. Um, we talked with Corey Peoples also, uh, a former Gamecocks defensive back and current Georgia State secondary coach. And I'll tell you this again. I, I appreciate Coach Peoples coming on. I appreciate Corey taking the time. Um it was a very coach-speak interview. And it is what it is. I mean, it's the week of the game. He's coming on. Like, I get it. Very coach-speak interview, though. So, But it's still something to enjoy. Still something to enjoy. Joseph, do people tailgate on Gamecock Park? Yes. Yes, they do. Yeah, Gamecock Park, absolutely. Um, 
Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. <laughs> the Kentucky tailgate was legendary. Indeed. Indeed. Sonder days. Uh, you can park for free at that shitty unpaved side street where Jaco's used to be. I'll go ahead and let them let that gym out. I don't live in Cola. Yeah, I mean, dude, I'll, I'll go ahead and let this gym out too. Just park on the state streets. Like, park on the state streets. Why not? And just walk it up. You can park there for free. Um, Joseph, tailgating is not free at Carolina. No, it is not free at Carolina. Jeff Gulledge, am I the only one frozen? I would assume so because nobody else has said anything. Um, Jimmy Mendia, if we say we're with TSUS, do we get half off parking? Um, uh, probably not. <laughs> probably not, my guy. Luke RJ said to Cox by 90, ever lock in a record prediction. Luke RJ, he said that he would. This Friday. I, I got a hot take for you. I don't think Cox by 90 is going to give a record prediction. I don't think he will. And, and you know what? And you know what? Let me just say this. To be fair to Jeff, okay? Because I, I just would love to know what he's picking. But to be fair with Jeff, right? Jeff is doing things with NIL. He is doing things specifically uh, with the Gamecocks, like directly with them with tickets and stuff like that. So, and that's a fine lane to be in, and I commend Jeff for what he's doing because it's absolutely incredible, and it's helping the Gamecocks, right? It's helping the Gamecocks. But what Jeff is doing in that lane, in that space, maybe frowned upon is too strong of a term, but it's not encouraged to have anything other than a glowing positive take. It, it, it's not encouraged to be critical. It's not encouraged. It's a conflict of interest, actually, right? That's why you don't see guys in the media give predictions, right? Because they have to interact with, um, they have to interact with Shane Beamer on a daily basis. They're interacting with players, and th th those coaches and players, they don't want to hear anything other than, "Oh, y'all are so great, man. This is awesome. Pump them up. Y'all are going twelve and zero, like." I, I love Beamer. I love the coaching. But that that is the truth. That That is the truth. They don't want to hear anything other than that. So, you know, listen, I, I get it, man. I, if Jeff doesn't want to drop a prediction, I'm not saying he's got to. Um, but, I, it's, dude, it's football, man. Dropping predictions is fun. I, I just, I, I, you know, I, 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 I'd love to know what Jeff thinks of the season. But maybe he will. Maybe he won't. Either way, we'll see what happens. Um, anyways, guys, I'm so excited. Friday's podcast will be our full game breakdown and preview of the Georgia State game. So we'll talk things like top storylines, keys of the game, key matchups for the game, and then I will give my prediction, my lead pipe lock of the week. I'm so excited. I'm knocking my freaking headphones off. My lead pipe lock of the week, courtesy of our friends over at A1 Air Quality Consultants. going to be a really good time, man. going to be a really, really good time. Um, let's see. Three years ago today, the Firewell Muschamp video came out. Wow. What a time. Mm, what a time. What a time. What a time. I tell you, man, it's so funny because looking back, it's been three years. It's crazy. It was about three years and, and uh, three years and about 70 pounds ago. But, uh, Man, I, I look back, and everybody hates Will Muschamp now, right? Like, oh, you know, Will Muschamp, Will Muschamp. 
Dude, I remember a time not too long ago, three years to be exact, when I said Firewall Muschamp, and you would have thought this fan – I mean, this fan base, a lot of this fan base wanted me exiled. And those who have been following along long enough, you know what I'm saying is true. You know it. You know what I'm saying is true. So, hey, I tell you this, that was a monumental moment in the history of TSUS, but I'm much happier where we are right now. I can guarantee you that in all aspects of life. Folks, we've hit 2 o'clock. Hey, appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much for the banter, the the love support. I tell you what, these shows are flying by. These shows are flying by, and it's because of you guys, the banter, the conversation, also our fantastic guests. Thank you to Anthony Treesh of Pro Football Focus taking the time to chat today. Um, Really, really great stuff. Looking forward to having him on every single Wednesday. Folks, the final day of August. Enjoy it, because guess what? Tomorrow's September 1st, and there's Gamecocks football in September. How good does that feel to say? And, And college football really gets going, I'd say tomorrow night. Guys, appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much for the continued love and support. Have a fantastic rest of your Wednesday, and we will talk to you all tomorrow.